We shouldn't have any mean, hot-tempered, can't-get-along-with-believers. Stop lying, talking about he ain't finished with me yet. I ain't finished with you either. We're going to work you over some more. Oh, he ain't finished with me yet. Well, he ought to start it on you. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You ought to be different, folks. This is Jerry G. Martin. With all the things that are going on in our world and in our families today, I am bringing this urgent message to help every believer reach out to those who are lost. It is only through the salvation of Jesus Christ will our nation and culture be changed. Come and go with us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. Jesus visited with Nicodemus in chapter 3 of the book of John. And in chapter 5, we see him going to the pool of Bethesda and healing a man who has been crippled for 38 years. Let me stop here for a moment and just give you some news. Um, If you've uh, been listening for the last two or three weeks, I've been talking out of the book of John. So I encourage you, why don't you read through the book of John in your Bible reading. I may be there for a while. Read chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 in the book of John. How about that? That's another mission. In fact, uh, the way I was when I was growing up as a new believer, whenever I saw the pastor hanging around a particular uh, theme or verse, I would go in and read it. So by the time I get back to church, I'm in there with them. I'm, I'm just saying. That's not part of the sermon, but I thought about that because we we talked about John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. We've been in chapter 3, and we're going to be there some more. We talked about chapter 4, the woman at the well. I'm mentioning chapter 5 today. After a while, you might think, he must be in the book of John. Maybe I should read that, even along with your regular reading that you spend so much time with every day. Here's Jesus in the book of uh, John chapter 5. He goes to the pool of Bethesda and he heals a man who has been crippled for 38 years. Now, just a point, uh, I've heard people preach that he was at the pool for 38 years, but the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible said he had that infirmity for 38. He may have been at the pool for 38 years, but uh, the Bible doesn't say. Jesus created an issue for the church people because he did something that according to them he was not supposed to do as a Jew. He was not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath day. And healing the sick was work. You told that man to pick up his mat and walk. The religious people had the issue. Religious people always seem to have a lot of rules and procedures that they are looking out for when we start trying to do something. That's the religious people. But Jesus was not religious. He was relational. And the gospel is not about religion. It's about relationship. 
So I believe he wants us to be relational as well. It was Jesus Christ himself who said, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. Come to save them. He also said, whoever believe in me will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So what is Christ's motivation then for reaching people? Why is he so attuned to reaching people? He explains that in the book of John also when the Pharisees ask him, why are you healing somebody on Sunday, on the Sabbath rather? And Jesus gives a a blanket answer that covers everything he does. I want to look at that in the book of John chapter 5 beginning at verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. They ask him, why is he healing these people on the Sabbath day? He says, and my father is always at work. He's always working, and so I am working as well. So what does that mean? And look at verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only, he can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. As we've been talking about going on a mission and being available and being used by God, I thought this was an appropriate passage for us to look at how God functions and, or, and, and accomplishes things in the earth. I want you to know this first and foremost. God is not coming down here to tell anybody about him. God ain't coming. And God is not going, going witnessing. God is not going evangelizing. God is not going to go knock on anybody's door and say, I'm God and I want to tell you about me. God doesn't come down here and do things. He uses people. He said to Moses, Moses, I hear my people crying out in Egypt. They need deliverance. So Moses, go and tell Pharaoh to let the people go. God says, I need somebody to be my spokesman. I've chosen you, so go and do this. Whenever God's going to do something, he uses what? People. He uses people. And I want to emphasize that point because you are people. And people who are in the church, one of the biggest obstacles for us doing something for God is thinking that God doesn't want to use us. I don't think God ever going to use me. Well, God used people. And you are people. So why wouldn't he use you since he uses people? He doesn't use you because you're not expected to be used. And you don't understand exactly how God functions. And Jesus said this, my, my, my the father is always working. Now, his example gives us this model for your personal life 
and for our church. And I want to take a look at it. Number one, he said this, the father has been working to this very day. If you go into King James, it says God is always at work. God is always working. So this is the first thing I want you to understand. Whether you're doing something or not, God is working. Whether you're doing something or not, God is working. He may be working on a little lady in a parking lot at Walmart and touching her heart and she's trying to find her way out of something. And God is working in her life and now all he needs is somebody that can recognize what he's doing and then get in on it with him. See, here's the problem. Here's one of the challenges that we have when I, when I said you're on a mission for God to reach somebody. We think we have to do the work. God does the work. We don't do the work. God identifies the target, prepares them, and all he needs now is a messenger. God is working. God does the work. We don't do the work. God does the work. If God ain't trying to reach them, we can't reach them. But what we don't want to do is have God trying to reach somebody and we walk right by him. And we're singing while we walk by him. Use me, Lord, in your service. And we're shaking and baking and everything else. And God says, I got somebody over here that needs to hear that word. So the first thing we need to recognize is God is always working. So when you wake up in the morning, say, God is working. Come on, say, God is working. God is working somewhere. He's working in every person, whether he's troubling their life, troubling their heart, uh, 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 causing all kinds of things to happen in their life. They're wondering, they're wavering, all kinds of stuff is going on around you. And if you are sensitive to that, you'll begin to pick up on that. God is working. And then Jesus said, now, not only is God working, I too am working. God is working and I'm working too. So don't let God be the only one that's going to be engaged. See, Sister Sergeant could have just walked right by that lady, but she decided to get engaged. And it, became, it was an easy assignment because God was already doing the work. And people were like, I didn't know what I could do. Well, God does the work. He just needs somebody to represent him. That's why Paul said we are ambassadors. Jesus said, God has me working. And then, you know what he goes on to say? I do nothing on my own. I don't have to use my own initiative. I'm not trying to plan this thing out. I'm not trying to strategize. All I have to do is be available. I'm going to use Sister Sergeant again because she said, this lady looked at her. She's walking by. Are you a Christian? God is working. It's just that easy when you're available. God will find you out. He'll pull you. He'll, he found Moses. He found Noah. He found Gideon. They weren't looking for a job. God found him and says, I got something. I got something for you to do. So God knows how to get you involved when you are available and when you're interested. The problem is not that we can't do the work and, and, and get involved with God. The problem is a lot of us are not that interested when the truth be known. We ain't that interested because we ain't even thinking about it. And what I want us to do is to start thinking about it and seeing how God can work. He says, I do nothing of my own initiative. God initiates everything. And then what he said, this is what he said. I watch to see what the Father is doing. I watch to see what the Father is doing. And it becomes amazing when you have in your heart that I'm on a mission. 
I'm on an assignment with God. And all I'm waiting for is him to nudge me. But I'm watching and trying to see what he's doing. I don't have to try to make it up. I don't have to try to um, orchestrate it. I don't have to try to initiate. But I do need to watch and see what he's doing. He says, I do what I see the Father already doing. When I see God already doing something, that's where I get involved with that. When somebody call you and say, what are you doing? And you said, well, I'm, I'm not doing much. Do you know where you're going when you die? You don't be saying, I don't know why you're asking me. Here's somebody who's interested in knowing about their eternity. Then you say, well, God must be doing, God's working here. Jesus came to give you eternal life. Don't start saying, well, you know, uh, it got all kind of places for you to go. No, uh, Jesus gives eternal life. That's what I know, and I I've, have eternal life through Christ Jesus, and you can have the same. You can be sure where you're going to go. I see God working. I need to just get right on in with what he's doing. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.